0: Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast. Making the Bible come to life. Featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Let me tell you a story. Jesus, he was by the Sea of Galilee, around a city called Capernaum. He was healing people, preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And he was proving to the world that he is the messiah so you know if if you're healing people healing a broken leg driving out demons preaching a fantastic sermon which he did because jesus was clearly a master communicator well if you're doing all those things you know you're going to develop a following and that is exactly what started to happen we're going through the story as told by matthew right and we're up to chapter 8 the bible says in matthew chapter 8 that jesus saw all these large crowds forming around him people pressing in on him people wanting to be healed people wanting this demonic spirit removed people wanting to just check out the chaos and and who is this jesus and the crowds got larger and larger and the people were starting to press in on him in such a degree that it was getting hard to teach and to do what he was called to do so jesus decides to get away from the crowds and noise and to get in a boat and sail across the Sea of Galilee. So the boat he got into was probably your average fishing boat that one of the disciples had found for him. It would have been roughly 27 feet long and 7 feet wide. And so not everybody that was pushing and wanting to see him could actually get on the boat. But if you were a disciple, if you were wanted to be a disciple of Jesus, you wanted on that boat. You would want to be close to your master, to be close to your teacher. And so we know of the 12 disciples, right? And they got on the boat, but there were probably other men and women who sought to be disciples of Jesus. And and these men and women were part of this large crowd. And the messages that Jesus preached stirred their hearts made them want to study under Jesus to become one of his disciples. They really wanted to, or so they thought. And Matthew records and tells us the story of, of one of those disciples coming up to Jesus and asking to get on the boat, to get on the boat with him, to go across to the other side of Galilee. But Jesus, Jesus knows hearts, doesn't he? He can see right through your fake exterior. He can see right into the heart of the disciple. And so he tested quite often the disciples and their desire to follow him. And so he tested this new disciple, this new wannabe disciple. He tested him by simply pointing out one thing. If you choose to follow me, then it will cost you something. And for you, sir, it's essentially what Jesus is saying. For you, sir, it will cost you in terms of comfort. If you follow me, hey, I just want you to know, we'll call this disciple Frank. Hey, I just want you to know, Frank, if you follow me, you may have to sleep out in the cold. You may have to be constantly on the move. Jesus specifically said in Matthew 8, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is telling this disciple that I can't promise you that you will have a place to stay. But you know what he does? He promises him something better. He says, but you do have me is that enough in fact he calls himself the son of man he uses that title of himself now it is important to understand that jesus is using this phrase because jesus is essentially telling this disciple to be that he is the promised messiah as prophesied in the book of daniel so what he's saying is i am god i am the messiah I'm also man. My, my name's Jesus, right? But I am the Son of Man, as prophesied in the book of Daniel, and that disciple would have picked that up. But then he also added, but this God man, this Son of Man, I've got to keep constantly moving. I've got to keep moving from place to place, telling everyone to repent and to turn to me for salvation. And some of the places I stay aren't the best. I have nowhere to lay my head. And some days I I have to stay out in the middle of the night. I have nowhere to sleep. And I'm just praying to my father. Do you want that life? Are you willing to give up security and the comfort in this life? Like a roof over your head and the same bed every night? Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to give that security and comfort in this life in order to find it in me, Jesus? That's essentially what he's saying. Are you willing to give that up? But I'm the son of man. I offer eternity. I offer salvation from judgment. I offer all those things. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I offer you, God. But you've got to give up comfort. You've got to give up security. and You've got to follow me. Now Matthew never mentions if this disciple decides to follow Jesus and decides to get on the boat. He never says. But I sense that he didn't. And you know, many of you listening to this podcast... Many of you are in the same category as this wannabe disciple. You know, you think you want to follow Jesus, but ultimately you like the show. You know, every Sunday, hey, the worship team's awesome, the nursery's great, hey, I have a lot of fun at Iwana with my friends. I have a lot of fun at VBS. I love my Bible study. I love the coffee in the morning and the donuts. I love the ritual. I love all that. I love the show. I love the friends. In Jesus's day, they loved the miracles. And all the the great speaking and sermons that Jesus gave and all the crowds, they loved all that. And they loved everything they'd heard about. And they wanted that. And maybe you want that in your life. You know, friends, great music show, great preaching, great Awana, great VBS. Yes, I want that in my life. But when the going gets tough, when I realize I may get picked on for talking about jesus or i may be made fun of for saying that jesus is the only way or i may get persecuted for my faith for standing up for a truth in the bible well then we choose comfort over being right you know and we don't want to follow jesus at that point We'd rather be the fox and have our hole, right? We'd rather be the bird and have our nest. That cost of discipleship is too much, Jesus. Sorry, I can't get on that boat. So then a second wannabe disciple, according to the story Matthew tells us, a second wannabe disciple comes up to Jesus and He also wants to get on that boat. And this man, he goes further. He says, you know what? I'm going to follow you, Jesus. No problem. I want to get on that boat. No problem. That's essentially what he says to Jesus. I want to be your disciple. But first I have to go home and and I got to bury my dad. And and then he probably said, and then I'll meet you on the other side, you know, in in two weeks, three weeks, a, a month or so. My dad's on death's door, and according to Old Testament law, I need to be there for my father. So I will follow you, but you know what? I got to take care of some family business first. And, and I can imagine the man says goodbye to Peter and says, and and hey, I'm going to join you guys. I'm going to be one of the disciples. And hey, John, we'll, we'll catch up later. It was awesome to talk to you. And Jesus, yes, remember, I want to be disciple. I just got to go home and take care of my father and deal with that whole time he's not doing well you know i may have to bury him so i i, I just got to go take care of that and i can imagine he's leaving and he starts to get on the bus to head for home when jesus stops him and jesus says follow me and let the dead bury their own dead follow me Scree! i can imagine whoop What? I can imagine the man turns around and, Isn't going home to take care of your family what you're supposed to do? Isn't this my duty under the law? This sounds like a great excuse. you got to go take care of family. Family comes first. You should do that, right? But here again, Jesus is testing his disciple. Because Jesus knows our heart. And I think Jesus can tell that, this disciple, he's not truly after Jesus. If he was, then he would have dropped everything. And he would have given up everything to follow Jesus. Again, many of us are this way. We follow Jesus not because we want him, but because. We like all the things that come with following Jesus. And and some of those things are good, right? It's good to have friends. And it's good to go to church every Sunday and to learn from his word. And you love the music and you love the singing. But do you love him? And I also think Jesus is testing this disciple's priorities. Will you make Jesus the priority in your life? Will you make Jesus the most important thing in your life? You know, maybe if this disciple had followed him, Jesus would have worked it out for him to go back and take care of his father's business and to help bury his father. And because God loves those things and Jesus cares about our family, and who knows what Jesus would have done in this disciple's life if he had chosen to follow Jesus first if he had made Jesus his main priority. Again, Matthew doesn't tell us what this disciple does. But again, sadly, I don't think he got on the boat. I think he turned and walked away. Well, the 12 disciples and Jesus, you know, they get on this fishing boat, 27 feet long, seven feet wide, roughly, and they head across the sea to the other shore. Now, it has been a long day. Jesus has spent a long time preaching and telling people to repent and doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And he probably just wants to go back and find a peaceful place to just sit down and just relax or i wonder you know maybe to cry i think it must have been hard to see people day after day and 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 then to see people choose satan over the savior to choose life over death and, and the bible in the book of hebrews says that jesus prayed with loud tears while here on earth and, and i think in the middle of all that he just would have been emotionally and physically exhausted So Jesus, when he gets in the boat, he goes to sleep. And I imagine Peter pushes off and they head out into the Sea of Galilee. Twelve men rowing the boat, rowing the boat. And Jesus rowing. Jesus not rowing, right? Jesus asleep somewhere at the back. But then as they roll the boat, and they roll the boat all across Galilee, right? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a rushing wind hits them and starts to churn up the water. And the boat begins to rock violently from side to side, up and down, and a whole bunch of other ways to the point where the men start to get scared. Then, that's thunder, by the way, rain starts to fall. And it's not just any rain, it's a deluge. I mean, they're getting hit by rain on all sides. The waves are getting choppier and they're getting blown off course. And you know what's interesting? The Sea of Galilee is known for its sudden and violent storms. One author put it this way, the surface is more than 600 feet below sea level. The surface of the Sea of Galilee, 600 feet below sea level. And the rapidly rising hot air draws from the southeastern tablelands violent winds whose cold air then churns up the water. And the Sea of Galilee is known to all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a violent storm. And that's what's happening. The wind is blowing. The waves are rising high and starting to crash down on the boat. And here comes another wave, crashes down on the boat. And the men are getting scared. They're going to drown and rain, thunder, rocking back and forth. And Jesus is asleep. He sleeps through it all. He's asleep on the boat. Now, what's interesting, there probably was no cabin area on a boat this small. So maybe he was sleeping under a blanket, or maybe he was just curled up at the back of this very small boat full of grown men. But you would have thought he would have woken up by now. I mean, the rocking, the rolling, the cold water being splashed on him, but he didn't. He didn't wake up. The disciples had to go wake the man up. It was probably John or Peter went over to him and screamed at him in the middle of the violent storm. And they screamed, save us, Lord, for we are perishing. Imagine being woken up by that comment. Save us or we will die. Or another way, save us, we are being killed by the storm. And I can imagine Jesus sitting up and seeing all the chaos around him. Then he probably saw the disciples running around on the boat with fear, driving every choice they made. Or or maybe he saw some of them huddled up in a corner, scared to death, having given up on rowing a long time ago. And then there was probably one screaming, like one of those screaming goats. Baha! 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 It was probably Thaddeus, that's what I think. Anyway, and I wonder if in all of this chaos, Jesus shakes his head. Why don't they trust me, is what he's probably thinking. Why didn't they come get me when the storm started? Why did they try everything else before they came to get me? So then Jesus stands up in the middle of the storm and yells out, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Now if I'm one of the disciples, especially the screaming goat one, I'd be incredulous. What do you mean, why am I afraid? Haven't you seen the storm, the waves, the water inside the boat? Don't you see the horrible circumstances? And you ask me why I'm afraid? But Jesus asked them a question, which I think is a question he's also asking you and me why are you afraid if i am who i say i am then why are you afraid if we honestly believe jesus is god and is also my savior and intimately involved with my life he is the son of man why am i afraid but jesus have you seen the problems i'm facing have you seen the doctor's diagnosis have you seen my prospects for marriage Have you seen the mountain of debt I'm in? Have you seen the school I've got to transfer to? Hey, you know, my parents might be getting a divorce and I'm worried what's happening to them. They've been arguing a whole lot more and I've got to move to a new school and I'm scared and I don't know what's going to happen. I might lose my job at work. Have you seen the inflation rate? Have you seen the job prospects? It is scary moment after scary moment. Just insert your problem here and Jesus still asked today when you bring him these fears why are you afraid john that's my name why why are you afraid and then you realize just like the disciples you have such little faith you have a faith that doesn't see beyond the surface, but only at the surface. You don't see God behind the circumstances, right? But only the circumstances, and that's what Jesus is calling his disciples out. Oh, you of little faith. Well, Jesus, he calls out to the storm and commands it to stop. And it did. <laughs> It went away just like that. It ceased. It was calm. And when that happened, it was said of the disciples that they began to realize who they were with. Who this man was in front of them. This man was God. The Bible says they asked, Who is this man that even the winds and the seas obey him? At this point, I think finally sunk into most of them. But this man, this Jesus, he's special. He's the Messiah. And he's God. I think up to this point, maybe some had struggled with that last point. Is he really God? I've seen him do some amazing things. But now, after seeing him control nature, I think it finally sunk in. He doesn't just heal somebody's broken leg. He doesn't just kick out demonic beings out of a person, which I think would be pretty amazing in and of itself. He controls nature. And I think for many of them, it finally sunk in. Jesus must be God. He must be the Son of Man. He is literally the God-Man. And I wonder if in the middle of that boat... They all dropped to their knees in worship and honor as the boat slowly grounded to rest on the opposite beach. They had reached the other side. They had reached the other side. But then, they could hear it, off in the distance. Was it a growling? Oh, was it a howling? Was that a ah, human scream? What was it? Well, as they stepped off the boat, those disciples. Little did they know that they were about to encounter a real living monster. And if you want to hear all about that story, you got to come back next week. But I hope and pray that after this story, you come to a better understanding that we must increase our faith. And if jesus is who we say he is and if he is involved with our life as he says he is why are we afraid next time you're afraid pray claim jesus and just thank him for who he is and talk to him as you face the thing that makes you afraid talk to him about your fears pray to him let him know that you want to follow him all your days don't be afraid. Don't be of little faith. Let's be of big faith. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you'd like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible Podcast, please subscribe. New episodes added every week.